Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name, as always, is Chris Moore, and I am the host around here, the hostess with the mostess. Uh, We get together about twice a week and share with you what we've been chewing on God's Word. One of the other staff members here at UFC uh, comes and we chop it up and we uh, try to stay on track with varying degrees of success, but um, I am confident that... We always have something to offer that is edifying and encouraging and leaves you with something to chew on. We're all, we're all chewing on something. We're all just a bunch of spearmint. We're all a bunch spearmint? of spearmint. <laughs> yeah, spearmint gum. This week we have Jarrell Carper. Hello, Jarrell. Hey, Chris. How are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, ready to talk about some stuff That's I, I like. not what you said before it this is, podcast. Well, I'm tired. I've, I've had a lot of meetings this week and I like the people, but there's a limit. I, I think yeah. I reach a point where I'm like, the introvert Jarrell is like clawing at the door, like, <laughs> let me in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I shared that I haven't peopled at all today. So this will be a fun dynamic. We could have switched. We could have switched. So you've got some literature at your fingertips and I'd love to hear what you've been chewing on. Yeah. Oh man. Well, so this morning I met with um, uh, the dir- the executive director of Love for Lane County. Okay. Nice little cup of very acidic coffee from Farmers Union mm, downtown. Shout out. And I also went to Soco today. <laughs> just <laughs> all the acidic up. coffee I need. Yeah. Um, I can't hang with these young people and their tailored beans and <laughs> anyways, and just hearing about what, you know, what Love for Lane County's doing. And uh, typically Jane Camerzelt would go to that meeting, but uh, she is in Florida right now, and then she's going to go to India and Cambodia. And so I, I've wanted to meet this guy, and I kind of like doing this. So Jane being in Florida was my out to go grab coffee with this guy and just nice. see what they're up to. EBF had supported Love for Lane County with a monthly donation. And so part of the transition is um, synchronizing the local people that we support. So anyways, I want to meet this guy. Just start talking about you know how what they're doing to care for people in our community that mm-hmm. have needs, particularly single moms and stuff like that. So anyways, uh, part of something that I always kind of end up driving back to and thinking about is what it means to love our neighbors. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I'm sure if you've been around hearing me, I've talk, never heard you say you're that like, ever. Yeah. You're like, there's like three things Drell talks about. <laughs> he doesn't know anything else. We don't even know if he knows that. <laughs> um, and so I, I picked up this book recently called Freeing Congregational Mission, A Practical Vision for Companionship, Cultural Humility, and Co-Development. Those are kind of three big movements of the of the book and just a take on um, missional engagement and history of missions in the church and in America and the West and what it looks like to kind of be um, Christ-like and holistic in our missional endeavors. Some of this is because I'm, I'm working with our outreach team to equip them and um, think think wisely about how we give our money and time and energy and what qualifies and doesn't. So, yeah, uh, I liked some stuff in this book and, um, I just thought I'd, I'd share a little bit <laughs> Yeah, as we think about, think about loving our neighbor. And so the, the place I want to start is just, so this morning Lauren was like, Hey Logan <laughs> yesterday. Oh, uh, my wife is Lauren. Yep. For the listeners that don't know. <laughs> um, I'm not that famous. So anyways, my, my three-year-old son, like he, he's really sweet and i guess yesterday he decided to like he was washing his hands in the sink and he saw lauren's like contact cases there and he's like oh i want to be kind and wash mommy's contact cases with soap and water and dirt (laughs) 
And so <laughs> she was telling me that and like Logan was there like so proud of himself and we're like, yeah, you ruined it. <laughs> and it's just kind of like there's times with like even the biggest heart and the best of intentions and the biggest and even like large amounts of sacrifice, we can still like get a wrong result mm-hmm. with if we don't quite see the picture. Uh, and I think that's some some of what this book is trying to do. A lot of the the people that I'm listening to and reading and thinking about, and I think Jesus does this of recalibrating what it means to love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously some of the, the big dangers are when someone that's uh, wealthy and arrogant, <laughs> you know, wants to feed their ego and go help the poor and swoops in. Does Films some, themselves. Doing yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Takes Post a picture, <laughs> does something that they think is helpful. That isn't comes back and is proud of it. Mm-hmm. And, I think the book When Helping Hurts th- talks a lot about that. But yeah. and uh, for us, we're not all going out on missions trips all the time and devoting our whole lives to cross-cultural overseas missions, but there's a sense that like most of the encounters with our neighbors are cross-cultural even mm-hmm. across the street, um even in this town, um different parts of the town you live in. And so um I just want to share some stuff that I that these authors um brought up that I thought was kind of cool and um that's all you ready i'm ready so they they talk about three stones and that make up like a a table and i I forget what country they're familiar with but basically a kitchen is made of these three stones where they cook and prepare food and gather and it's kind of like the symbol of community and family life so they have like three stones that make up um missional engagement and it's uh companionship Mm -hmm. cultural humility and co-development um and so i want to talk about what they said about companionship today um, and, and so the first, um, piece of what, um, they say about companionship, um, is that you would like all the way that you love your neighbor would be, um, like you're sharing bread together, which mm-hmm. is what the word com pan means like co pan, like pan is Spanish for bread. I don't know if you know that. Okay. Pan. Not like not like Pan's Labyrinth, which That's I know where my you head know. Went. I know yeah, Guillermo del Toro, big <laughs> yeah, fan. Don't even. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of my wife, she made me watch that movie, and I regret it. Every <laughs> second good of watching Pan's Labyrinth was horrible. <laughs> okay, so um, that your fir- our first presence is one of companionship, and and here's and here's what they say is a mutual a- a- accompaniment. So companion is you sharing bread. So it's just picture just being with the person like before you go in with and have an agenda mm-hmm. before whether it's like your neighbor down the street or some um marginalized community in your city or some overseas trip like before you go and do anything just be with the people mm-hmm. share the table experience life with them come alongside them just initially no agenda other than i just want to be with you mm-hmm. you see jesus doing that quite a bit i mean he kind of frustrated religious leaders with who he hung out with <laughs> yeah um, so there's that just be with the people. Uh, the second piece to companionship is, um, a shared vulnerability, recognizing that, um, my well-being is also connected to your well-being, like as the people of God or just as people on earth or people sharing this particular table or neighborhood or moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like we're, we're walking together in the same direction. And oftentimes that means putting ourselves in a place of dependence. And so typically we want to go and serve, um, after you've been with some or even during that time, typically you would allow someone to serve you, mm-hmm. right? Like I'll cook a meal for me. And that seems backwards, especially if you're serving the poor, like, but it, it allows you 
to not just be the hero, mm-hmm. you know, not just swoop in and save the day with your ego or whatever. But um, part of like the dignity, I was talking to Whitney, uh, the director of Love for Lane County about this this morning of how they work with single moms and they, I mean, like us to help them find housing and furniture and um, a, a support group and stuff and how some of their strategy isn't just like free handouts, but yeah. allowing them to contribute to their own flourishing or contribute to the flourishing of the situation. Um, and so I think we kind of understand that intuitively a little bit of, mm-hmm. I don't want to just give someone money, but even more than that, allow yourself to be vulnerable, share your weaknesses, know that you're going in from a place of weakness as well. Well, I wonder how that interacts with the idea of the other, because that level of vulnerability really seems to break down the otherness of people. Like you mentioned the hero complex that we have that distinguishes us from the the victim or the one who is needing rescue, um, but instead shows them, hey, we are the same substance. We are all made in the image of God, you know, theologically. Um, so I'd be curious to see kind of how that deteriorates some of those boundaries. Yeah. Right. And obviously if we're going to mark ourselves as being forgiven in Christ, like confession and our own repentance and humility is, is part of it. And even um, if you are going cross cultural at like a large level, maybe admitting at least to yourself or in your posture, even directly, like some of the downsides of your own culture, you know, it's not like the, um, just because we're wealthy and resourced and have a Bible doesn't, doesn't mean we don't have plenty of our own weaknesses that might be helpful to admit. Um, the third piece of companionship that he brings up is the centrality of the sending God. And I thought this was really interesting. Um, you know, I like people that are way smarter than me. And <laughs> There's a lot of them yeah, for both of us. <laughs> doesn't take much. Um, and he was saying how, so there's been an obvious split in um, American churches between like a mainline uh, uh, mainline Protestant church that would be more of like your social gospel type mm-hmm. presence. Like we want to feed the poor, care for the marginalized and not say anything about Jesus. Right. And then your evangelicals that kind of react to that and say, we want to say everything about Jesus, but not care for the poor or the marginalized. And obviously mm-hmm. those are kind of like really large. Like caricatures. Swaths. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but how there's a reaction and he kind of traces the history of that a little bit. And mm-hmm. Then drop some research on churches, church leaders in those same denominations in other parts of the world and how they don't think with such a dichotomy hmm. that they might carry some of the tendencies of that larger denomination in their context. But for the most part, they're not as reactive against the other side or view it as like as much of an either or. And I think it's part of the way like we've been trained, you know, like you're either with us or against us. And, sure. Party lines. Yeah. And so he's like talking about a whole gospel and and I think um and 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 says like, hey, if you're sharing your life with this person and Jesus is part of your life, then you will talk about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't it's not something that you need to hide or be ashamed of. And I think especially today, I mean, if I was if I'm in Eugene, I try as <laughs> maybe I shouldn't, but I try to go as long as I can before someone knows I'm a pastor. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was just like, you're going to just import everything you think about Christians and you're not going to, I just feel like you're not going to want any, a piece of me. Yeah. Um, and, um, so yeah, all that to say is basically a whole gospel that like, Hey, if, if you're coming from mainline tradition and you hesitate to drop the name of Jesus, 
um, don't. And if you're coming from uh, an evangelical perspective and you're hesitant to engage in mercy mis- mi- uh, ministry and social care for fear that like you might not you might not be all about Jesus, don't don't worry so much about that and mm-hmm. don't create such like dichotomous lines between those two postures. Um, and the last is just mission from the margins. Um, and so he says, give presence, perspective, and leadership from the people on the margins. And so um, this is, you would see this if you go to some, you go to the Mexican church and you, you run the program and you teach the lesson and you make the decisions and you drive the construction project and um, all of the, the leadership and the, the idea sharing is coming from the people that aren't on the margins, whether that's the orphan, the poor, the widow, or whoever is mm-hmm. like um, in the place of need. And so um, he, he drew a lot of this from Jesus's engagement with the woman at the well, I think it was kind of cool. Um, and so basically to, to go back like his first stone and I, and I really think it applies for how we think locally is just be with, be with your neighbor <laughs> with no strings and no agenda to share your own vulnerabilities and come from a place of humility. Um, and oh, what did, uh, Whitney said this morning? He, he wants to do, ah, uh, he's, it was like hand up, not hand down mm-hmm. or something. It was like basically serving in a way that 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 lifts up the person you're serving rather than humiliate pushes them down. Yeah. Um the centrality of sending God, so the whole gospel um and then mission from the margins is giving agency and equipping and empowering the people on the fringe to lead and contribute, not just receive. Mm-hmm. Um and then he he has this quote where God doesn't send if if God wants to change the world, he doesn't send tanks. He sends the meek, the poor in spirit, the humble, and the brokenhearted, which we get from the Sermon on the Mount. And so, yeah, um, I don't know. I, I like this theory, Chris, and I, I have neighbors, and I wrestle through this at a really practical level in my own life. I, I think I'm not great at this. Like I'm, I know people that really live this really well, and I'm still wrestling through um, how to make that happen in my life. But those are just thoughts of, you know, Jesus says, love your neighbor. And we're like, great. Let me wash your contact case in the sink. And he's like, hold on. Like, I want you to be wise. I want you to think. I want you to learn from people who are smarter than you. Um, and I thought I liked the stuff that these guys were saying. So, Yeah, I think that there's, there is that sense and the temptation to draw the party lines and to divide the doctrine of something like compassion or emissions or evangelism. Because scripture is there's no avoiding that both pieces are essential, right? You have to be, you can't be doctrinally rich, you know, locked behind your closed doors and up in your castle. And you can't have, you know, sacrificed the gospel for the sake of making sure your neighbor was fed. Like both of those things are wrong. I think of like James when he says, show me your faith without your works. And the, the pure and good religion is to care for the widows and orphans. Those who are, who are outside of, um, you know, any kind of security or uh, covering. And I think that having that mindset of this isn't an either or. I've, I've been reading um, Screw Tape Letters and he talks about, uh, C.S. Lewis's book talks about the temptation to draw these lines and you mm-hmm. vilify the other side and you build up your own identity yeah. um, in a way that keeps you away from self-reflection. And so you can say, well, you know, I'm spending all my time doing A, B, and C, and that keeps you away from crossing the street to to minister yeah. to somebody in just practical ways. Yep. Yeah, and I think um, 
you know, to honor just the spirit of Christ in us. And I think the wisdom that Jesus can give us as we pay attention to the world around us. I, I really think that first step of just being with people is really critical. Um, Lauren, I've, try to get out in our neighborhoods. We did a neighborhood barbecue. We're trying to stay in the front yard, which by the way, I, I came across this book. It's just funny when, when I think like what could have been like a really good article turns into a whole book. Oh and, man. So anyways, <laughs> so I read the article about the book. I'm like, I think I don't need to buy the book, but it's called the turquoise table. And basically a woman bought some, a picnic table from the internet or it got delivered to her front yard and she was about to move and was like, well, maybe I should just keep it here. And then she painted it turquoise and then it became this hub of like community and she would go out there and meet people. And I mean, I, I like the idea, like front porch, front mm-hmm. yard. I'm not trying to mock the book. I'm just saying you probably don't have to read it. Yeah. Um, kind of like gospel comes with a house key. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. There you go. It figured it out. Um, honestly, a lot of books you could do that with. Yeah. Just, I wish I knew though, before I bought them. Well, have you Googled the book? Just Google the book name. Anyways, so yeah, just in our neighborhood, even in the last two weeks, there's been a number of things, whether someone in need, um, particular conflicts. Um, We just had next door neighbors move in from Portland, neighbors down the street, moved in at our RH with a little kid. Mm -hmm. And he's like a weightlifting coach at UO. And he looks exactly like a weightlifting coach for the Oregon Ducks. Introduce him to Sean. Yeah. yeah. No, he would. Yeah. Sean. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like Matt, Matt Duarte, but like <laughs> a foot taller. Oh no. Um, yeah. It's, it's a beast of a man. Like, bye. He's <laughs> like, can you help me? <laughs> Anyways. So my encouragement to the listener is just, you know, find a way to be with the people of your neighborhood and of your city and allow the rest, keep the rest in the back of your mind, mm-hmm. but allow the rest to kind of come. I think God will bring stuff to you. And, you know, maybe, maybe I'll do a part two or a couple cover the other two stones. I don't mm-hmm. want to bore everyone. Yeah. And, and just to tag onto that, one thing that I've found to have proven true in my own life is a philosophy of just making sure everyone that I'm around knows how I feel about them. Like I'm excited to see them. I'm interested in them. I want to engage with them. Um, those, that kind of mentality really makes a difference in people's lives and, you know, not, I don't do it perfectly and it's not a philosophy, you know, I fall all the time, but my gas attendant, I'm going to try and engage with my gas attendant in a way that makes them feel seen and like I'm there present with them. So it doesn't have to be overseas. It can be very, very close to home. Yeah, for sure. And if you go overseas and you haven't practiced it here, it's like, you think a magic switch is going (laughs) to happen. Yeah. yeah, And, um, man, I was going to say something else. Just slipped my brain. It's gone. Oh man, it was good. It's okay. <laughs> Anyways, well, it'll come to me we'll next time. We'll save that for part two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to find it, but I can't. Anyways, <laughs> this is fun. You guys are cool. Oh no, I, I found it. I found it. <gasps> yes. Yeah. Just uh, as you read the gospel, which means good news. If you read the gospels um, and you just pay attention to how Jesus shows up in mm-hmm. the towns and who he's hanging with and who he's eating with and um, how that disrupts how the religious leaders of the day were spending their time mm-hmm. um, and how the those marginalized populations responded to Jesus differently. Mm-hmm. So um, there you go. Yeah. And how effective a tool is it in the enemy's hands to identify that level of compassion with something that is extreme or villainous, you know, maybe culturally we disagree with groups or parties that, that share some of those qualities. And so we just 
get rid of it all wholesale. Oh, sorry. I don't want to open up can of worms. Anyways, <laughs> that might be another whole <laughs> podcast. Thanks guys. Thanks for being part of our church. Yes. Thank you, Jarrell. Appreciate you talking Please about like this Please like and stuff. subscribe. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Follow me on... I don't know the I latest. don't know. Yeah, LinkedIn or TikTok. something. TikTok. <laughs> yeah, we don't have a TikTok <laughs> yet. Well, probably never. You should. I don't have the energy for it. All righty, guys. Well, hopefully that was encouraging to you and challenged you to uh, view people differently and view your, your capacity differently to engage with them in a loving Christ-like way that makes a difference in really, really meaningful but simple ways. So we will get you guys all next time. Yeah. Bye. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week. So please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples.